One thing about Wimbledon, or rather, one thing about grass specifically as a surface, one thing about grass is that you can never fluke your way to a win. You can never really just get away with like playing like whatever and end up winning a title. You just can't. Maybe on other surfaces you can, but on grass, you can't. And I think the last couple of days that, that it's becoming more and more prevalent, right? The better player always wins. On that day, of course. But generally speaking, if, if two players, let's say, are playing well, the better player will, will come through. Right? And I've noticed this pretty much for the whole tournament, I feel like. I mean, even if there's like an upset, sure. But like the player that plays better and who maybe secretly is just a better player despite the odds or, or the ranking or whatever, I feel like on grass, the better player really just does, just wins. Right? Is that why Iga doesn't have much success on grass? I'm not gonna say. That's not for me to say. That's not for me to say. Is that why a Djokovic win just seems inevitable? No matter what? Probably. Is that why we don't see like a Casper Rude like just pull up to the final or something like that? Probably. Is this why we just get like all the good players like uh, at the end of the tournament? Like no Tommy Paul, you know, like no nothing crazy like that, right? We're tennis players who sometimes struggle, but like we know they're good, like Madison Keys pulling up to quarters. Jesse Pagula, by the way, if you look at her draw, Lauren Davis, I, and I memorize it at this point. I mean, I don't even have to look at that. I, I fucking memorize it from how much I talked about it. But just to refresh her, Jesse Pagula's draw, Lauren Davis, Christina Buxa, Elisabetta Cosiretto, and Lesia Churenko. And then she made a quarterfinal, played the first. Not even a decent tennis player or a good tennis player. The first tennis player, period. All those players she beat are not tennis players. Christina Buxa is not tennis players. The first tennis player she faced, she lost. And I love that. That's some real shit. I noticed this in the last two days. Every player that won, they were just better. Straight up. I mean, that's so obvious to say, right? I mean... Whoever wins, like, was obviously better. I know that's what I'm, like, saying, but it's it's not what I'm saying, right? That's, 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 not the, that's not the point that I'm trying to make, right? Anyway, what I'd also like to add to sort of uh, finish up this uh, little intro. I love grass, and I think Wimbledon is the best slam. I know this is a little crazy to say, given the events of, of the last week. But like 80% of it was not their fault. It's just the weather. It's rain, right? Like that's not that's not really their fault. But of course, the other 20% maybe it's their fault with the scheduling or the decision making. You know the things that they're in control of, roof or not, or schedules or start times. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, these are just such little things, right? Like you, you can't let. Oh my God, why do they start so late? You know, like yeah, it's annoying. It sucks. Maybe you can say it's the worst. Uh, 
managed tournament or whatever but don't let that you know don't be like oh my god it's just the worst slap don't don't be like that you know like yeah it's annoying nobody nobody gets annoyed more than me when a match is suspended or, or you know what i mean or like we have to wait or you know have to matches continue the next day they start too late darkness whatever curfew like yeah okay that's that's frustrating nobody hates that more than me i hate that shit you know i want my tennis when it was supposed to be played on the day right but i mean don't let that take away like from the actual like tournament you know like the actual tennis that's being played the beautiful grass the vibe the culture a lot of people are hating on the oh my god british and their tradition like they're just so like they're leaving li they're living in the medieval age like what like why do you hate that like how could you hate that like yeah because of their you know their adherence to tradition and culture or whatever i mean a you gotta respect that second of all at least they have history and tradition you gotta appreciate that and third of all, why does it bother you so much? And why does that affect your decision on whether this is the best slam or not? I think that's one of the reasons what makes it so special. The the prestige. It's uh, the I mean, Wimbledon Sensor Court. Come on. For me, it's the best slam, and I think a lot of people are talking crazy. Like eighty. Like if it didn't rain. Okay, imagine if it didn't rain, people would have zero complaints. So, like, what are we saying here, right? I think it's the best tournament. I've never been. I'd love to go. I've been to US Open. I've never been to the French or Wimbledon. I'd love to go. Maybe next year I go. I'd love I'd love to go. Best tournament, in my opinion. And, and the matches are always so good. Wimbledon is always memorable. And, like, nothing crazy ever happens at Wimbledon you know no 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 Coco Golf finalist no no Tommy Paul semi-finalist you know not, like no Pavlyuchenko you know what I'm saying like Krijikova isn't just gonna pull up and, and snag it it's not like that it's not like that Casper Ruud will not make two finals here two years in a row you know it's not like that it's not happening and I love that I love that because every player that sort of makes it last eight last four makes it to the final, wins the damn thing. Like, you know they're like that. Right? To win on grass, like, you really gotta be a good player in so many facets of the game. Right? No wonder Nadal only won it once. What? Yo, did someone say something? Hello? One thing I also want to add before we uh, move on and, and actually... Uh, pipe down a little bit and, and be serious and, and talk about the the last two days of course it's the last two days i have to apologize that oh yesterday i didn't upload and i know some of you may get annoyed or disappointed trust me nobody's more annoyed and disappointed than me um if you don't like when i don't upload i don't like it even more really uh i hate not being able to you know, to upload daily, especially during a slam, I'd love, bro, I would love to upload every single day of the year, man. Every week, every day, every day of the week, oh, oh, every week, all year, man. I would love to, really. Um, but like I said, sometimes I'm just way too tired and 
if I'm not gonna be sort of um, filled with energy, or if I, you know, if I, if I, I just don't want to half-ass it sometimes. And you know, sometimes something is better than nothing. But uh, I owe you guys. Uh, you guys deserve much better than that. You know, you guys don't de don't just deserve something. You definitely don't deserve nothing, uh, for sure. And that's uh, an excuse. In wow, inexcusable on my part. And you don't just deserve something, you you guys deserve everything, really. And if I can't give you everything, then unfortunately, I'm, even though I really try to, I'm just gonna have to, you know, take a day off. And I hate it, I hate it so much. Um, but I'm, I've been busy, life, work, you know, family, and it happens. Yeah. And I uh, was planning, you know, every time I plan to be as free as I possibly can during the slams, but unfortunately, you know, life happens. But, nevertheless, here we are today. I suppose we have a lot to talk about, we have a lot to get to, so... Let's get to it. So, going back to Monday... And... It, the reason why I got so annoyed, and, and for me it's just really disappointing, because the shit that happened on Monday, at this point, just feels so historic. You know, like oh my god, that was a that was a fourth round. Like that was like, like no one cares about that. That was like three years ago. Like why are you even talking about it at this point? That's what it feels like, right? But it was only on Monday we had the third round matches. Today we had um, the beginning of the quarterfinals. Yes, not third round. Sorry, fourth round matches. Today we had the beginning of the quarterfinals, which was today on the Tuesday. Yesterday on Monday we had the remainder of the fourth round, the round of sixteen. First up on that day, we had Andriva Keith. Um, Driva, she I believe she trailed Love 2 in the first set. Came back to take that set 6-3. And she was up 6-3. And then in the second set, up 4-1. Went to tiebreak. Lost the tiebreak. You know how it is. At her young age, I talked about it, honestly, a lot of her wins were, like, pretty one-sided for her. Like, not only in straights, but even the sets, like, it was pretty straightforward, pun not intended, of course. It was comfortable, it was on her, on her terms, you know? That's why I sort of kind of made the big deal in the first round when she played against Shi Yu Wang. And went to three sets. She won the first, lost the second. And honestly, uh, for me, I've never sort of seen her in that position. So I was very curious to see how she would deal with adversity. With, uh, you know, being maybe put in an uncomfortable situation. Everything is not smooth sailing, you know? The match isn't really on your own terms anymore. It's not really in your hand, you know? A deciding set could go either way, of course. She did just win... You know, her opponent did just win the second set. But she came through. But that was Shi Yu Wang. And I said to myself, honestly, like, if that was maybe like a... Like a little bit of a... Like a tougher opponent, maybe she wouldn't really have gotten away with that win. Right? And then after that, I think there was Krijikova and then Potapova. And, and all that was like... Pretty straightforward. Krijikova injured, of course. Um... Apparently she was injured like from time and like really couldn't move and I think that was like pretty clear if you watch the match um, But then Potapova that was a you know good opponent uh, fully fit And she just did it to her in straights and it was pretty routine for Andriva, right? 
than Madison Keys. A player who actually hasn't dropped a set and you took the first set from her. The entire grass season she's played, she hasn't lost a set. And you were 6-3-4-1 up on her and the girl came back. She won a second set tiebreak. That was honestly the end of the match. Madison Keys took that and ran away with it. Madison Keys now 9-0 in the grass season. Didn't drop a set until she met Andriva last round. So Andriva, sorry, Madison Keys through to the quarters. What a win and what a tournament for, um, for Andriva. And her first ever French, uh, French Open main draw made the third round. And her first, uh, and then one slam later in her first ever Wimbledon main draw made the fourth round. So that's pretty impressive stuff. And she'll really only get better. I mean, now the bar is set pretty high. Expectations are pretty high. You know, you already made the third and fourth rounds at the French Open and, and Wimbledon respectively. So like, you're gonna have to build on that. Which means like quarters, you know, and that's like that's like pretty tough. But I, I mean, she can definitely do it. And then like once you're in the quarters, it's like semis, and like you're in the mix. Is she gonna win a? Is she gonna win the U.S. Open? I don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really saying anything. But the expectations are definitely high, right? And what I'm saying is, if she improves as a player, becomes even more poised, learns to sort of keep her cool and not get frustrated when things aren't going her way. Will her results improve too? Could we see Andriva in a, in like a slam quarter? I mean, she was so close to a slam quarter final just, just like two days ago, right? Up six, three, four, one. Hmm. Like, are we getting us, should we start expecting Mira Andriva and like to make the quarters and semis and shit? Like her ranking now is super high. She's going to be playing a whole lot of main draws, won't have to worry about qualities or wildcards or anything like that now for, for for the rest of the season. Right? Is she up to like 54? I mean, it's not, it's not really that high, but I mean, she can definitely like sign up for a lot of tournaments straight into the main draw. I know she says she's still in school and she has to finish and, and how that sort of, is she not like a full-time player on tour yet? I actually don't know these details. Is she doing like school in her own time, like homeschool or something or online school? Like while she's on the tour? I don't know. But I'd love to see her like playing like the, the 250s, the 500s and that, right? Like Cincinnati or Montreal this year? You know, something like that. I'd love that. And then Andriva at the US Open, is she gonna do an Andriva? Uh, is she gonna do an Andriva? Is she gonna do a Raducanu? Honestly, some people were talking about her doing a Raducanu this year, this slam, her first ever Wimbledon. As a qualifier too, she was going for it. It wouldn't quite have been a Raducanu because she did drop a set in the first round. But I just want to take a second now that we're, we're speaking on it. Raducanu won the US Open as a qualifier. So that's three matches and then seven to win, you know, like in the main draw of the US Open, that's seven, so that's ten matches at the US Open in two weeks without dropping a set. Mm, 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 mm. Of course, something nobody wants to see is a retirement. 
And I think Bia, Bia Hadajimaya and Rivakuna was a highly anticipated match. Um, like a first proper match for Rivakuna. And like a, you know, like a decent opponent. One that's, you know, performed on grass before. I think, you know, like Katie Bolter. Um, who else? Alize Corning, Shelby Rogers. Like, it's, you know, I think Bia Hadajimaya was going to be a good one. Especially because that's a player she struggled with in the past, right? Unfortunately, uh, my had like back spasms or something, uh, couldn't continue, clearly was uh, visibly in a lot of pain and she was really bothered and had to retire uh, pretty early in the match, honestly. So that was tough, but good news for Rabakana, I guess. Sabalenka Alexandrova, you know, similarly to Rabakana and Bihadadmaya, Sabalenka Alexandrova, you know, Sabalenka being the clear favorite, just like Rabakana was was also up against player that she has struggled with in the past, right? Uh, they're only meeting on grass, which was last year in the Den Bosch final. Alexandrova won 7-5-6 love. So this was a bit of an interesting one, right? Um, Alexandrova didn't play bad at all. She actually served really, really well. But Sabalenka was just too good. I think ever since the first set of Grasheva, Sabalenka has just been on fire. Dropped the first set against Grosheva 6-2. And then actually was down 4-5 on serve. Serving to stay in the match. And since then she's been on fire. Blinkova wiped the floor with her. Alexandrova didn't stand a chance. So Sabalenka plays tomorrow. Against Madison Keys. Another player that didn't stand a chance was Petra Kvitova against last year's finalist Unshabor. Now Unshabor, not having the best season. Unshabor, not a lot of rhythm and, and and form and momentum, which is stuff that she really, really, sort of relies on. She de she depends on it, right? Because like once she gets going. That's like like full form Unshabur, very scary player, right? Confidence and form and rhythm and playing when she's like fully fit like that and just, you know, wiping the floor with her opponents. That's scary. But honestly, despite her making the second week, we haven't really seen that from her. I mean, her match against Andriescu, she should have really wiped the floor with her, and that was a lot closer than it than it should have been, like like way, way closer than it should have been, right? And then, of course, in the first round, Magdalena Frank, that's a routine win. In the second round, it was a free win against Bai Joichuan, the qualifier. You know, so like, and then you and then you play against Kvitova, and then you win six love six three like in an hour or something, not even. In an hour and three minutes. I mean, come on, what is this? Like, how are you doing this? Unfortunately, this has uh, this kind of contradicts what I was saying about like the better player always wins. Not to say that Jabor isn't a better player than Kvitova. Or that Kvitsova is better than her and she should have won. That's not really what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that when a player like is struggling against like inferior opponents, they play a superior opponent or a stronger opponent than what they've been facing so far, which they have struggled with. And then they wipe the floor with them. Bihadaj Maya did the same thing, by the way. 
first two rounds went to three sets from a set down against Putin Seva and Jackie Christian. Like, really seriously, went to war with them in three sets. And then she faces Sori Kristea, who is a million times better than those two girls combined. And then she beats her 6-2-6-2. Yeah. That, you see, that shit for me is weird. You know? And it's not like it's an outlier, like, one match you struggled. It's like all your matches so far have been struggled, and now you face the best opponent, and you, and you somehow came through, and now you face the best opponent by far that you faced so far, that you've played so far, sorry, and you play your best match all of a sudden. For me, that's crazy, and, and, and it's just these things that I can't really fully wrap my head, up, head around, but it happens. It's just kind of crazy to me that you struggle so much with Andrescu, who, who I think we can really categorize as a pretty bad player. I think that's fair to say at the moment. Like that's, or, you know, pretty bad player might be harsh, but it's someone that maybe we can refer to as not a good player, right? So you really struggle and go to war against someone who's not really a good player. And then you play against Kvitsov and a 6-love, six 6-3, six what is that? Right? That for me is a bit of a crazy one, but honestly, Unz, although she was visibly very nervous, played really well. She played really good. And she is starting to look scary. Mm -hmm. So those were all the women's matches from the Monday. From the men's... Djokovic closed out his win versus Hubie Hercatch, which was suspended uh, due to the curfew. Um, Djokovic was up two sets to love, 7-6-7-6. When they came back out with the roof open and like the sun and the wind and all that, he actually dropped the second, the third set, uh, which was the first set back after resuming play, but then took it in the 4-3-1 Djokovic. Obviously, he played again today in the quarters. We'll talk about that in a second. Medvedev also progressed through retirement, was two sets to love up versus Yuri Lehechko, 6-4-6-2, you're retired. Eubanks, Christopher Eubanks against Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas was up a set, and then Eubanks took the second, and then he was up a, another set. So he was 2-1 up, Eubanks took the fourth and fifth sets. Tsitsipas, this is a really surprising one for me because, I mean, despite the fact, due to the scheduling and the rain and the delays and all that, he played damn near every day if you also include the doubles. He was on court literally every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Or something like that, right? Played a lot. Played, uh, it's not that he played a lot, but too many days, not enough proper rest and recovery days, right? Mm-hmm. But still, despite that, I wouldn't really expect him to lose to Eubanks, who is playing incredible. Forehand on fire, first serve on fire. He talked about it. He's a server. It's just what he does. He basically said he's a serve bot. He does target practice with his serves, which is pretty interesting. I've actually never heard um, of people doing that, but I guess they do. Wow, that's uh, pretty impressive really because it focuses 
not only on power and speed and spin, but also accuracy. Like, we're talking about depth and width and, 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 and things like that. That's amazing, man. That's so cool. That's so smart, man. That's so smart. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's not the only one that does it, but that's the first time me hearing about it. Anyway, what a win, Christopher Eubanks. Through to the quarters. Runo? Honestly, I was expecting him to lose this one. But Dimitrov is, yeah, he's just like a, you know, like I don't think, yeah. I mean, Dimitrov was not winning Wimbledon, and probably neither is Runo. But like, whatever. That that match was so whatever. Dimitrov took the first set six three, and then Runo seven six seven six six three after that. Pretty routine four set win for him. Another player who had a pretty routine four set win from a set down. Alcaraz, he won 3-6, Bertini in the second and third sets, after winning the first, played really bad. But in the fourth set, he was actually playing really good the, the first couple games, and then just had a fucking disaster of a service game. And that's ultimately what did it. He was playing good, not great, Bertini, but Carlos was actually playing pretty good. He looked pretty good. It's pretty good. I hate that I do that. I, I I can't help myself. Every time I... The words or like the sentence, it's pretty good or he's pretty good comes to like the front of my mind and I'm about to say it. Like in my head, it's like, it's pretty good. But then when it comes out of my mouth, it's like, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's so crazy. Man. I hate that I do that. I'm so annoying. Why am I like this? Why am I like this? Why can't I just be normal, man? It's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so those were all of yesterday's matches. Or, you know, the day before yesterday. I, I don't fuck. Those were all Monday matches. The remainder of the fourth round matches. Today, yeah, it was yesterday, I guess. Today, when I didn't upload, because I'm so bad. But today, I'm here. <laughs> and today, we had the quarterfinals. Um, okay, Jesse Pugula von Rusevo. It's insane. The amount of women's matches that have been that have just banged, that have just been so good. I mean, the I mean, every day we damn near have almost two of them, and today we had two matches and they were both bangers. The other day there was Iga and Bencic and Vika as or uh, Vika's Vitalino, yeah, Iga Bencic and Vika's Vitalino going on at the same time. They were both bangers. There have been so many women's matches that have just been bangers, and that is still. Like, and the and the matches that were supposed to be bangers didn't bang, and it still feels like we've had a lot of bangers. Imagine Kvitova Jabor was you know more competitive. Imagine Biadajmaya was fully fit and, and didn't have to retire and, and actually played, you know, to the to her level. That could have been a banger. So we've actually like kind of been robbed from some bangers, but we've still had so many bangers, and it's so impressive how well the women are playing. Honestly, it's wide the fuck open, really. I know you're going to say Rabakina Sabalenko are the, you know, clear favorites. And the way it's uh, set up right now, looks like they're meeting in the semifinal. It's a uh, whoever wins this match will, that's the real final. Whoever wins that match will probably win the whole thing. That's the real final. You know, that's, uh, by the way, don't ask me what accent that is. I'm not allowed to say. 
But yeah, that, that's what it seems like. And, and I, and I yeah, you're not wrong for thinking that. Like, I don't blame you. But it honestly feels like there's a lot more than just Rubakina and uh, Sabalenka, right? Like, what about... Once? Fuck, what about Vondrusova? What about Svitsalina? What if Madison Keys beats Savalenka and Ons beats Rubakina? Or like one of those two things happen and then what? Right? But anyway, Pagula, Vondrusova today, incredible. And this was very topsy-turvy. Both players played really, really well. But at the beginning, it was at different times. And this is something that people actually don't understand what makes a match good, if you think about it, the most simple terms. What makes a really good match? Like an, an exciting match, a very watchable, fucking intense match. Quite simply, it's when both players are playing well at the same time. That at the same time, that's the key part. Like players can both play well, but at different times, right? Like in different sets. You know what I'm saying? But when both players play well at the same time, that's when you get a really good match. That's when this match, like, you you just can't look away. Like, that's, you know, the expression edge of the seat stuff. That's edge of the seat stuff right there. Where, like, you can't look away. You can feel the piss running down your leg, but I swear to God, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Right? Pogula von Drusovo, at the beginning, they were both playing well, but at different times. Pagula, the first two games of the match, broke and then held. She was so good. She was very focused from the start, came to play, was so good, came forward, put away her shots, served, served pretty good. Amazing start from her. So she was playing well the first two games. The next four games, Vondrusova playing way better than Pagula. Right? It kind of switched. And then in the next two games, Pagula was playing really well, so it went to love Pagula. And then Vondrusova won the next four games to 4-2 Vondrusova. And then Pagula won the next two games to bring it to 4-4. And then Vondrusova won the next two games to take it to 6-4. So, like, even within the set, seeing both players play well, despite at different times, it was pretty, pretty close and pretty competitive, right? The second set was all Pagula 6-2. The third set was all Pagula, sort of a continuation of the second set. 3-1. But then they had to close the roof because they were anticipating rain. So just as a sort of precaution, trying to, you know, get ahead of it, get on top of it early, they shut the roof, which took about 20 minutes. When they returned... Pagula was serving, held to 15, 4-1. Now, despite Pagula, 4-1 down, winning the last five games of the match to take it 6-4, and those five games, they were honestly both playing really, really well at the same damn time. And we had that for five games. And even though they all went Vondrusova's way, and maybe I'm overselling this a bit because I because I bet Vondrusova and I was really happy and I, and I enjoyed it. But really, I think even a neutral or, or really, I, I think the consensus is that that was a really, really good match. And the ending was so good. And especially like in a third set 
when both players sort of save their best for the end, that's incredible. And even though it seems like, well, how the fuck were they both playing great if one player just won, like, the last five games? Like, just shut up, man. Just listen to what I have to say and shut up. Pagula was playing really good. Yeah, of course, Vondrusova was playing better and winning, you know, the, the more crucial points, but the rallies were insane. And, you know, to get insane rallies, you kind of need two players for that, right? Mm-hmm. The other women's match that we had. Iga Sviantek, world number one. Who all of a sudden... You know, and I'm basing this on the outrage that I saw on Twitter. All of a sudden, she was good on grass and became a Wimbledon contender. And I'm not just... Actually, I'm not just basing this on what I see on my timeline by... You know, Iga fans or, or clueless casual tennis fans. What I'm basing this on is also tennis media and the bookmakers and you know the commentators and, and just the vibe. Sometimes you you can you can feel the vibe, right? Like you can sort of sense what the consensus is or, or what people are really saying about certain players. And I guess what they were saying was is that. Iga was in fact a, a, a contender here, right? And if uh, and if you know me, I wasn't buying that for a second, right? Yes, because I'm a hater. But you can't fluke your way to a grass title. It's the first thing I said today, right? You can't get Anna Blinkova and, and Tatiana Maria and, you know, and it's not like that. You know? You can't get Zulin. It's enough. You know, Petra Martic. Belinda Bencic, who honestly played really well. And, and like I said here on, on the show, that I, I thought that'd be a pretty significant win for Ego. You know? But it was a Belinda Bencic that was out of sorts. And not 100. But today she faced the Svitolino. That was 100. And despite Iga winning that devastating second set tiebreak from a set down to, to force a decider, Svitolina hit her with a 7-6, 2-6. Kind of crazy. Honestly, I was expecting a, 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 an Iga 6-2. We got a Svitolina 6-2. In the first set, Iga was up 5-3, 30-love. Two points away from breaking for the set. Svitolina held. For 4-5. And then broke Iga when she was surfing, surfing for the set. Surfing, wow. Svitolina was incredible. The way Svitolina plays... She's a pusher, but she can also hit you with the counter punch. Like, she'll just return a million balls and just wait for her chance. Most of the time, she just waits for you to commit an error. She literally hit the straight ball, hit the ball straight back at you. And if your error doesn't come and she sees her opportunity, she'll rip it. Forehand, backhand, Svitolina, her exchanges, really good. 
when she was getting dropped, uh, when she was getting hit with a drop shot, she'd approach and, and hit the passing shot really good. Honestly, she's locked the fuck in. And just as a human, she's so unpleasant and she disgusts me as a tennis player. But honestly, she's playing so good. And Ego can tell you all about that. Honestly. And very, yo, very impressive. And her matches, it was a very entertaining match. Even her match against Vika, like she goes to war and she comes through. Pun really not intended. 100% not intended. It's just how I talk about tennis, okay? Don't start saying, wow, really poor choice of words. I mean, just because she's Ukrainian, like you're gonna say go to war? I always say that, okay? And, and you're the one that just brought up the Ukrainian and war thing. I didn't even say anything about that. Okay, you're the one that's saying it, so just just shut up, man. Really. Fuck. Now that is all for the women's matches. We are now up to speed on the women's. Tomorrow we have two more quarterfinals on the women's. Now to look at the men's matches from today, the qu the two quarterfinals that we had. One of them. I need to pull this up. We've talked about Jesse Pagula's path to the quarters huh but look at yannick sinner's path to the semis you ready to the semis of a slam you ready for this first round surindulu and it's not the good one it's not francisco who by the way the good one in this scenario between those two surindulu brothers is garbage imagine what his what the worst brother is like like francisco surindulu is, is like the good you know, the good Sirondulo brother, he played the worst one. And Francisco sucks. Just think about that. That was first round. Second round, Diego Schwartzman. I don't have to say anything about that one. Third round, Quentin. I don't know how the fuck you say this. Hallies. Okay. Fourth round on grass. Not clay. On grass. Daniel Galan. Hmm? Quarterfinals. Roman Safin. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to repeat that. I'm gonna go I'm gonna start from the top again. First round Juan Manuel Serondulo. Okay. The worst Serondulo brother. You know what? Let's say it was the better okay. First round Francisco Serondulo. Okay. Second round, Diego Schwartzman. Third round, Quentin Halitz. Fourth round, Daniel Elahi Galan. Okay. Quarter final, Roman Sefler. And you're going to tell me that him versus Djokovic is a crazy one? And, and, yo, I wonder if Sinner can beat. What? Bro, I thought the Jessica Pagula draw was bad and it only took her to the quarters. Of course, Yannick Sinner, now now that, you know, he's in the semis, he gets Djokovic. It doesn't get tougher than that. But the man got all the way to the semis of a slam and didn't beat one good... Forget good. Didn't beat one tennis, pl one tennis player, period. 
the five guys that he's played, one of them works at five guys? Flips burgers and that? Where's the red apron? The, the guy he played in the second round delivered the five guys to me on Uber Eats? The third guy was the same guy that's outside shining shoes. In the fourth round, the guy that he beat is the same guy when he goes back to his hotel, he opens the door for him and says, good evening, sir. That's the same guy. And in the quarterfinals, is the same guy that he bought his newspaper from outside the hotel. Who the fuck even reads newspapers even more? You have Twitter. It's actually incredible, bro. Of course, he pays the ultimate price in the semis. He gets Novak Djokovic, but I mean... You know, he still made the semis. He's still gonna get a lot of money. Points. Yannick Sinner, Wimbledon semi-finalist. What? Come on. I'm not even gonna talk about that match, because who cares? What is that? Yannick Sinner versus a newspaper guy? Come on. You know, it's actually kind of funny to me. Um, on my timeline, there's a lot of people that love ATP and, and just, you know, non-stop talking ATP and men's tennis. And, you know, they love that shit, you know? And I read, like, I... During the slams, I definitely follow and, and watch every match that I can. Especially in the second week like this when, you know, there's not a million matches. Um, and I think I read... A, a lot of a lot of people actually are saying this, but I read a thread where it's like a, a couple of guys just exchanging, you know, tweets back and forth, and one of them were saying that Djokovic hasn't really been playing well this year. Uh, like this year at Wimbledon, I mean, and you know, a lot of close sets and shit like that. I mean, even though he beat, you know. Like, first of all, like, when they talk, with, when they want to talk shit, or when they do talk shit normally about Djokovic, they'd say, oh, yeah, keeps dropping sets. Oh, yeah, or, you know, like, he lost or whatever. Now that, you know, most of his wins have been in straights, except for Hurkacz, and this is before today, we'll talk about that. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, he's winning, and he's winning 3-0, but, like, you know, they're trying to talk down on a 3-0 win, first of all. But then they say, well, it's a lot of close sets. Even though he's been winning in straights. And the only really close set that I could think of was the decider. Or not the decider, but the third set against Stan. And obviously the two against Hubie Hercatch, you know, before the suspension were tie breaks. So I guess those were close sets, sure. And then he did actually drop a set. And today against Rublev, he did actually drop the first set. But then the last three sets that he won, I don't think those were particularly close. Okay. And Hubie Hercats serving incredible. I don't see how anyone could say that Djokovic isn't playing that good. He's not playing his best. But even his current, let's say, 70% level is pretty fucking good.
And not only is it pretty fucking good, it's good enough to win Wimbledon with ease. Okay? Just because he's not as pl he's playing as good as he can doesn't mean that he's not really playing that great, you know? For his standards, yeah, maybe. But, you know, compared to the tour or the, or the top 10 or just, you know, in order to win Wimbledon, which I think is the ultimate goal here. By the way, last year, when he won Wimbledon, I said this, if, if you go back to, to last year's episode after the Wimbledon final, I pretty much said that Djokovic, his performances, not the results, the performances, how he was playing at Wimbledon last year when he won, I'd give it a C plus. And if you ask him, he'd probably agree. Or maybe even give it, say, a, a, a D or something. Maybe C plus, a, a C plus grade is too generous. For his standards, that is. But his C plus wins Wimbledon. Do you see what I'm saying here? I know a lot of people's A plus plus. That wouldn't even get them to the second week, okay? So, you know what? Let's keep it 100 here when we talk. Like, let, let's be serious and, and let's keep it real between each other. Because if you're going to lie and say things, you're not lying to me because I'm not buying this at all. You're only lying to yourself. Right? Now, what I'm trying to say here is it's not that Novak Djokovic is playing great or, you know, this is, oh, this is the best I've ever seen him play. No, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. But he's pretty fucking unbeatable regardless. Right? Today, he lost the first set against Rublev. Pretty surprising, honestly. Kind of came out of nowhere. And then he bounced back with a 6-1 set and then the rest of the way, 6-4, 6-3, won pretty comfortably and four sets a lot of those games uh were close so like six one six four six three the second set not even close but the last two sets were pretty close despite it only you know only being six four six three it is one break yeah but they were pretty close the games were pretty close the points the rallies you know rublev yeah, played great lost three sets to one right that's what i'm saying like rublev played great like really good and Djokovic just you know he let's say he played okay and Djokovic won in four sets right so let's keep it 100 when we talk about Djokovic right and if you think Sinner has a chance against him hmm So, of course, now we have our first semifinals. All the winners from today are going to face each other in the semifinals. So, that means that in the men's, uh, Djokovic will face Sinner, uh, as we just discussed. And in the women's, uh, Svitolina will face Vondrusova. Svitolina, Vondrusova, one of them is going to make the final. Svitolina, of course, never won a slam before. I believe she's never made a slam final before. I believe. Vondrusova did make the slam final, lost in 2019 to Ash Barty at the French. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's our first semi. That's our first semi-final in the women's from the top half. No Igesh Fiantek. One of those girls will make a final in the bottom half of the men's. Djokovic Sinner. I think we know what we're saying, right? Tomorrow then. Tomorrow then we'll have uh, the rest. The or I guess the other semi-finals decided. One in the men's. One in the women's. We have our uh, the last two quarterfinals. The first one is Keys Sabalenko. The other one is Jabor Rybakina. Now, obviously, if, uh, you know, whoever wins these matches, they'll face on... Actually, the next day, on Thursday, tomorrow's going to be the Wednesday, right? So they'll face... They'll play again the next day on Thursday in the semis against each other. Of course, right away, the consensus is Savalenka Rabakino. Uh, of course, we're all annoyed that that couldn't be the final. A lot of people still believe that that is the real final. Whoever wins that match will win the final. They're probably right. They're probably right. But if we just look at the matches, Key Sabalenka versus Rabakin at Key Sabalenka. This, this isn't doubles. Hold up. Keys versus Sabalenka and Rabakina versus Jabor. Rabakina definitely has a tougher match. It's a rematch of last year's final. Of course, Unz won the first set. 6-3. And Rabakina bounced back with a 6-2, 6-2. They haven't met since. I think Rabakina is going to win that one. Sabalenka keys. They've only met twice before. One of them was on grass two years ago in Berlin. Keys won in three sets. And five years ago, Keys Savalenka in Cincinnati, outdoor hard, 6-3, 6-4. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, honestly, I'm a bit worried. Honestly, I've been sort of kind of low on them throughout the tournament, but they've really been starting to play better. And I really, really wish we saw Rivakina versus Hadajmaya. I really wish we saw that. Because really the last thing we saw of Rivakina was her win against Bolter. I know it was 6-1, 6-1. But it's Katie Bolter, right? That's like a Yannick Sinner, Jesse Pagula kind of opponent, right? So like we don't really, even Iga Sviantik. So we don't really know, right? But of course she's Rivakina. We know what she's capable. But the way Unz Jabor was playing, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And Keys Sabalenka, look, if it's 52 unforced errors, Madison Keys, I think it'll be pretty straightforward for Sabalenka. It's really hard to say and bet. But Sabalenka... You know, at this point, that you know, I can't really guess lines or not look at lines, cause just cause of excitement and how excited people are, they'll, they'll share the lines right away when they get them. And you know, whenever I go on Twitter, I like stumble upon it or something, um, or maybe I'm lying and I took a quick peek or something. But here are the lines: Sabalenka's minus two hundred and minus three and a half games, which is interesting. 
and Rabakin is minus 165, minus two and a half games against odds. If you parlay both of them, it's plus 140. Rabakin and Sabalenka to win. That's plus 140, which is honestly pretty good odds. And now, like, the more I think of it, I'm like, Sabalenka's definitely going to win against Keys. But Rabakina versus Jabor is a bit of a crazy one. If you think Sabalenka is a lock to win Keys, if you parlay her with Rabakina, you're basically getting Rabakina at plus 140. That's, of course, if you assume Sabalenka is going to win. Like, she's a lock, right? Um, which is a bit of an interesting one. I... I I don't know. It's scary, man. It's scary, especially when players are favorites. Like, it's scary because upsets happen. Doesn't really stick to the script. I think, you know, like we're right there. We're one game away from the Sabalenka Rubakina semifinal. Very anticipated, I think, from everyone, and of course expected. And I'm not sure if uh, many people know this, but Sabalenka, she is two wins away from world number one. All she has to do is reach the final, so she has to beat Keys, and then she has to win her semi-final against Rubakina or Ons. And then she'll reach and play the final of Wimbledon as the live world number one. So, is that extra motivation or extra pressure? Will that help her? Will it hinder her? I don't know, we'll see, but I, th I think it's exciting, man. It's it's really, really exciting. It's getting good. It kind of... Iga losing, like, not in the semi or in the finals, like, kind of like, uh, you know? But... Like, imagine it's like a... I mean, I would have liked her to make the final Iga, honestly, but she's just so bad. Like, imagine a... Best case scenario, of course, we get a Rebecca Sabalenka semi-final winner faces Iga in the final Oof. Mm, 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 mm. really quickly men's matches tomorrow Medvedev Eubanks whatever right and then Carlos Alcaraz versus Runa I'm surprised Carlos is as big a favorite honestly unlike Iga he was uh Unlike Iga, he has really come through on the grass and, and looks to, you know, be a proper threat. No, he's not as good as he is on hard and clay. But man, is it getting good. Is a Djokovic-Carlos final on the cards? Well, Carlos has to beat Runo and then beat Medvedev possibly. And then he'll get Djokovic. So the finish for the men's will also be pretty good. And it's exciting. Runo plus five and a half games. Is that a lot? Could Carlitos like cover like six, seven and a half easily? I don't know. Um, honestly, I have no opinions on the men's. Um, Medvedev, huge favorite, um, as expected. He's a much better returner than Stefanos, so might be some some more Eubanks break breaks of serve. I think. Um, yeah. But Alcaraz Runa, I'm surprised the line is that big, to be honest. Minus 400, uh, Carly. I mean, I guess they have to. I guess you got to give him, like, a ego, e the ego treatment a little bit, you know? So, yeah. 
Okay, well, that is all for today. Once again, really sorry I was uh, MIA yesterday. I hate, I hate make, I hate making promises that I can't keep, but I promise that won't happen again for the rest of this tournament. I'm here today. I hope I made up for it today. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your Wimbledon. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day, morning, evening, night, whatever. Um, you don't have to listen, but you choose to. And for that, I am super, super appreciative. This has been the safe space as always. Best of luck to us all. And I'll see you guys tomorrow.